Great weekend for motorsport lovers, not only here in New Zealand, but all around the globe who follow Kiwi drivers because of the first time in over three decades we saw a New Zealander in Formula One to join the program and offer his analysis. Mike Clark joins us, a highly respected motorsport writer, a Formula One historian, and Mike will be fully aware of the fact, mainly because he tipped Louis off, that 50 years ago, just two days ago, Mike... New Zealand were literally on top of the Formula One world. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, we were. Uh, we woke up to the news. Not that there was much news covering Denny Holm winning the World Championship 50 years ago, I have to say. It was a struggle to find anything anywhere. But uh, uh, Denny Holm, 50 years, 22nd of October 1967 at Mexico City. Uh, and... Uh, when Denny won the World Championship, he had to do something that no one had ever done before and no one will ever do again. He had to beat his teammate. Now, that's happened plenty of times. There was the Prost Center and Prost louder periods in Formula One where two teammates went to the final round of a World Championship trying to win. But in Denny's case, his teammate was not only his teammate, he was also his boss and had his name on the nose of the car. That was Jack Brabham. So you know, he was the owner of the team, essentially. So, you know, Denny not only had to beat his teammate, but to beat the guy that was paying him as well. So it was a wonderful achievement. It's the only time it's ever happened. Maybe it'll happen again with Brendan one day. But um, quite fitting that 50 years to the day that Denny won his world championship, we had a Formula One driver again. Okay, so so walk us through the experience from uh, for Brendan Hartley. How do you think he... He dealt with it. How did he perform, not only in the race itself, but the whole week overall? Because it has been a whirlwind time for him. It absolutely has. And, uh, well, I mean, it would have started with a plane ride to uh, uh, to Austin from Japan, I think via England. Uh, there was the 50-page manual that he had to read to figure out how to drive one of these things. I hadn't realised, or if I had, I had forgotten about it, that it's five years since he'd last driven an open-wheeler. So he's been right at the top end of long-distance racing with the Porsche LMP1 car in the last few years. But uh, an open-wheeler is uh, quite a different thing. Plus, it was his first standing start that he'd done for a long time. Look, the fact that he's been given another chance this weekend in Mexico, I think is absolute proof that the team saw what he did over the weekend as an absolute solid performance. And I'm trying to take the rose-tinted glasses off here, Daniel, and not try and be a flag-waving, passionate Kiwi and uh, being quite objective about things. Uh, there's no sentiment in Formula One. They haven't given him another go next weekend because they thought he was a nice guy, uh, that he, you know, he did an okay job. They will be seeing this as an opportunity for 2018. And I don't think we're getting too far ahead of ourselves because this is what some of the international websites are suggesting as well. And there's not a touch of sentiment uh, towards New Zealand as far as they're concerned. So the fact that he has been given the second chance, the fact that he ended up with the eighth fastest time in the race. Now, I think that's the sort of data that they will be looking at, and it's the technical feedback that he would have been providing the team during the course of the weekend. Uh, His teammate, and that's the person that a Formula One driver is always measured against, first and foremost, your teammate, because they're the person who has the identical bit of equipment that you've got. Kvyat's been in that car for four years, and Brendan's fastest lap time in the race was a second quicker than Kvyat's. So he has shown himself to have speed. And you remember when you and I spoke 
uh, on the Friday on the eve of the announcement, and I said one of the key things that's required is ultimate speed. Being quick is, you know, is, is important. That's what gets you there. But having ultimate speed is what's critical. And I think he's proven that he's got it. So there's a lot more to it than just looking at the standings at the end of the race and going, well, his teammate did finish ahead of him. How could they make that call? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, I think that the team is a bit over Daniel Kvyat. Uh, after four years, he's damaged a lot of cars. He hasn't provided probably a great deal of technical feedback, hasn't helped the car go quicker. And they've invested a huge amount of money in Kvyat, and are asking themselves, where are we going with this guy? We might uh, it might help us sell Red Bull cans in Russia, but ultimately, what's it doing for our Formula One team? So, uh, Brennan is certainly um, impressed the international media with the way that he has conducted himself over the weekend. Um, his maturity, um, in fact, on on a couple of websites, I've seen. Uh, comments made to what a refreshing old-fashioned way of going about motor racing. So he wasn't overawed by it. I think he was. Um, it was neat to see him in that press conference alongside uh, Lewis Hamilton and a couple of others. On one hand, you might have thought, well, isn't that fantastic to see a Kiwi next to a double world, uh, well, a three-time world champion, soon to be four-time world champion? But on the other hand, I thought, well, isn't it neat for Lewis Hamilton to see him sitting there next to a Le Mans winner? And it's the first time. <laughs> A Le Mans winner has started in a Formula One Grand Prix in over a quarter of a century. So that's just another indication of the versatility that uh, that Brendan's got. Uh, th- these sorts of things don't happen very often. Um, and uh, uh, he has made the country proud. I, the number of people this last week who are not motor racing people at all, who have got who are talking to me about Brendan Hartley, about Formula One, uh, about Austin, Texas, it's it's been quite extraordinary. So you can see how this uh, sort of performance, and if he can get a full-time gig, just how much interest there is going to be. I would predict a flood of Kiwis heading for Melbourne next year for the Formula One Grand Prix if we've got a New Zealander in it. Mike Clark with us here on Radio Sports. So, so Mike, not only Mexico, does he look at it just week by week, uh, get to Brazil after that, Abu Dhabi after that, get a full-time drive? Uh, that That will be his, what, his step-by-step goal over the next few weeks. So what does he need to do in Mexico to get to Brazil then? Very good question. And I think that what he needs to do is just build on um, this weekend. I mean, you know, in, in everything in life, there's a, there's a first time for everything. He's had his first times. He's had his first Formula One practice, his first Formula One qualifying, his first Formula One start, and his first Formula One Grand Prix. He finished. Uh, he did well. He got the eighth quickest time in the race. Uh, I said to you when we last spoke that a, a good performance would be if he got on the points. Well, uh, that didn't happen, but uh, it was respectable. I think that's the, probably the fairest way of, uh, the fairest non-partisan way of, of describing uh, the performance. So if he can build on that at Mexico, then he will be given a ticket to Brazil. And, and, uh, I think at that point, the team will be looking to make some decisions. I see Kvyat in the media saying that he's demanding a meeting with Dr. Helmut Marco. He wants to know his future. He wants to know where he's at, where where the team sees him uh, for next year. So some decisions will be made reasonably shortly. Uh, already, 
uh, expectations are that Hartley and Gasly will be the Toro Rosso drivers for 2018. Uh, so let's not get ahead of ourselves, but that's already how the drums are beating. Uh, lastly, Mike, and we do appreciate your time. Just overall, Lewis Hamilton in the United States, well, he, he just loves the place and his title to lose now. What The, the lead's quite significant and points on offer whittling away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, he's got more than one hand on the trophy. He's he's really got one and a half hands uh, there. It's um, it's his world championship. Vettel knows it. Vettel was so glum after the race. It was... Uh, it was just a real surly, negative, nasty uh, Sebastian Vettel that was uh, presented to the media yesterday morning. So, uh, now Hamilton, absolutely sublime drive. Uh, Vettel got away well. He, he led at the start, and I thought, well, this is going to be a bit interesting. But once Hamilton overtook him, and he seemed to come from nowhere to uh, to overtake him, almost as though he'd been playing with him, uh, it was all over. And um, Vettel knew it, and... They tried a couple of different strategies to um, uh, to overcome it, but all to no avail. So, um, yeah, well done, Lewis Hamilton, the Mercedes team. Just just a superb, uh, superb drive, superb season, really. Well, Mike, we appreciate your time and look forward to catching up soon on Radio Sport. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Okay, cheers. Mike Clark joining us. Uh, highly respected motorsports uh, rights, a Formula One historian. Uh, not only talking about Lewis Hamilton, what, I think it was his sixth US Open... U.S. Grand Prix victory, rather. He's won the last four. Yeah, he goes all right, doesn't he?